Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. It's Lon Sybin, and it's time for your weekly wrap-up. And it's Monday again, but it's actually a very special Monday here in the United States because this is Memorial Day. This is a federal holiday where we remember those who gave their lives in the service of our country. And it's an important and solemn day. Unfortunately, a lot of brands also choose to make it into a big day to sell stuff. But uh, as you're enjoying these sales and barbecues and everything else that goes on uh, during the long holiday weekend here in the U.S., let's also remember those who sacrificed their lives so that we can enjoy those things. Now, I want to begin the wrap-up this week by acknowledging our newest Patreon supporters. We have Epos Vox, who is also known as Adam Taylor. He's got a great channel under that Epos Vox name. You can check out all the work that he's doing there on uh, all sorts of tech reviews and education and that kind of thing. Dimitri Khan contributed via Patreon, and Carmen Nooner gave to the tip jar this week. I want to thank everyone who is contributing on a regular basis to the channel, as well as everyone who watches as well, uh, because all those things are contributing to channel growth, and we keep our steady climb upwards, and that is hopefully where we'll keep going uh, for the rest of this year and beyond. So I want to thank everyone again for your support. Now we're going to have my non-ad advertisement here. So I have baked in a uh, ad position, as I mentioned last week, into the weekly wrap-up where if we have a sponsor, we'll stick them in here. If we don't, I'll go with an affiliate link for a service that I use. And this week, we're going to take a look at uh, Fancy Hands. And what they are is a virtual assistant service. And uh, as they say, they get things done. And I actually use them quite a bit. So what happens is you pay them a monthly fee. I think it starts at about $30 to get five tasks done a month. Uh, you get about 20 or 30 minutes of their time, and they can do anything you want them to do. So I often have them call my uh, vet for an appointment for the dog or to the kennel or something. I also have them actually uh, help me put together the end credit roll on the weekly wrap-up because it takes a long time to put together all those slides, and they help me do all of that. So it's been a really useful service to me. I'm on the low tier. What I like about it is that you can roll your tasks over to the next month. So for example, if I have maybe used only three out of my five tasks, I can have two of them roll over and I can accrue them over time, which has been uh, really nice. So you don't lose what you don't use uh, from one month to the other. And they're also very responsive at getting things done. I've tried a few other of these task services out there, and sometimes it took a day or more to get things accomplished. Uh, Usually things are done within an hour or two or less. I've been very uh, impressed with this service, and you'll get half off your first month if you go to my link here at lon.tv slash fancy hands. So let's take a look at the content I generated last week. We had a bunch of stuff on the Extras channel, including an unboxing of the Lenovo Yoga 15. We also did a follow-up on the Yoga 13 because a lot of you were curious how many PCI Express lanes run through its Thunderbolt port because we were testing out that external GPU the week before. So I ran uh, some tests on that so you can see how fast that port is. We'll be doing the same with the 15-inch coming up this week as well. I also unboxed the Blink home security camera system that I reviewed last week as well. And on the main channel, we had a bunch of reviews. We had this big, ugly case from Logitech that uh, is a keyboard folio that works with just about any 9- or 10-inch tablet. So if you have multiple tablets and you want a very quick and easy way to bring a keyboard along with you, you can do that with this thing. It's just big and ugly. Uh, You can see that full review. We also looked at the Lenovo Yoga 72015, which is a uh, larger version of the 13 that we looked at, which also has an NVIDIA GTX 1050. GPU inside. So well worth a look at that. A lot of you were interested in that laptop. Hopefully I got everything answered for you there. 
We also played around with my favorite little retro-inspired game controllers, the 8-Bit Doze, and we got them connected up with the Nintendo Switch, and it works really well, especially for some of the retro games on the platform there. And, of course, we looked at that Blink security system, which is a really low-cost cloud-based security system. A lot of you had some differing opinions on uh, the best way to implement home security. So there are ways, of course, you can roll your own, which is what we did with the uh, Synology series we did a couple of weeks ago, where you can have everything centrally located into your own server, going nowhere else. But I know a lot of people are looking for inexpensive and simple, and I think this really accomplishes both of those things. I've been using it now over the last couple of, probably last week and a half, two weeks, and I've been very pleased with how well this works and how inexpensive it is to add cameras around your house. So this is a really uh, decent little cloud system. If you are okay with the cloud system, I think this is probably one of the better ones at the moment. My only frustration now, looking back about a week later, is that uh, the automated arming isn't quite there. You can do it through IFTTT, but it doesn't seem to work as well as I would like it to because I, I always forget to arm it sometimes when I leave the house, and I really want it going when I do leave. So i got to play around a little bit more with it. I hope they improve that part of the product, but otherwise a really decent cloud-based security system. And now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind. This is now week 12. I'm at the three-month mark now since I started doing this full-time. And I have to say, things continue to go very well. I have to say, overall, I'm very content uh, with where things are at right now, both professionally and personally, because I'm able to spend the time with my family that I want to spend, and I'm also able to uh, do this passion project of mine uh, to the level that I'd like to do it at. What's funny is I thought I was going to be producing a lot more content, and I've uh, turned out to be generating about the same, but I'm spending more time on things. I'm feeling better about the uh, reviews that I'm putting out there for you to watch, so I'm very happy with uh, the, state, the state of affairs right now on the channel, and I really appreciate everyone's continued support and viewership. What's comforting is that the growth is uh, continuing at a very slow, steady, and predictable pace. And I know a lot of folks want to grow very quickly and go uh, gangbusters, but I actually prefer to build up value, and I think that's what I'm uh, kind of focused on right now, and it's been really good. I also picked up a couple of consulting jobs on the side related to what I do here, so that has been good as well. So um, it's been a very good uh, month, essentially, on the channel here, and uh, so far I'm not stressed out at all either. I'm motivated and I'm really uh, excited to get down here every day and keep working. And I got a bunch of cool things coming in too. And I love getting newer devices that we really haven't looked at on the channel before. So we've got a couple of those things coming in as well. So it should be a fun week here on the channel, maybe a fun two weeks or more, hopefully fun every week, but we'll see. And if you follow me on Twitter, you might've seen me tweet this out this week. This was an article that appeared in TubeFilter where uh, the most desired career among young people today is YouTuber, according to a study. And uh, that was something of interest to me because I'm kind of living the dream I guess, although I tweeted that I don't often leave the basement anymore, which is definitely the truth. It's been a, a little solitary work lifestyle down here. But I wanted to point to a comment that I got on my Facebook page from uh, a friend of mine, and she said her husband works at a high school, and this is what they all say, but they have no idea uh, the amount of work that it takes and that it doesn't just happen for everyone. And I think this is a really important thing to keep in mind because this does take, as you all know, a lot of work. In fact, I was killing myself when I was working a full-time job uh, and doing the YouTube channel. So you really have to treat it like a job. And if you want to become a large YouTuber, uh, you have to put in the time and effort and know that probably for the first year or two, like with me and everyone else, uh, you're not going to get a lot of viewership on your videos, but you have to do it anyhow because you got to get the content out there and start uh, grabbing a subscriber here or there and then kind of grow and blossom it from there. I often uh, equate it to a garden where you have to kind of tend the garden and get everything growing there and uh, off you run with it. And over the last couple of months, I get a lot of people who write in a lot of young people actually who want me to check out their YouTube channel and a lot of them are uh, doing okay work but they're replicating what everyone else is doing in other words they have the same style maybe they're talking over gameplay footage or maybe they're uh, trying to replicate the 
Marcus Brownlee kind of style of, of, of product reviews, which are all great, but uh, that's working for Marcus Brownlee and a lot of the other larger YouTubers, but you need to differentiate your look somehow. Otherwise, you're not going to look unique to people who are out, uh, out in, the, in the search engine world trying to find something to watch on a product they're interested in or some topic that they're interested in. So you really have to think about how you can stylistically separate yourself from everyone else out there. Not necessarily to do better than they are, but enough to that uh, people can see that you're doing something different and that when they see you again, uh, they'll know that they may have seen you before. And I think my, you know, my retro wall back here helps with that. I think my uh, lack of production quality versus a Marcus Brownlee is actually a, a plus for me, believe it or not. Some of you may disagree, but uh, that kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of young people miss is they try to just make their channel look exactly like the big YouTubers that they're watching. And that really is not the path to growth. I think you really got to think about what your technical skill sets are, uh, what your personality is like, what, what's the best stylistic fit for who you are. And it's actually easier uh, to do something that better fits you than it does trying to make your videos look like somebody else's stuff. And that's been the one thing I've been seeing over and over again is a lot of replication of what other larger uh, channels are doing. So my advice would be uh, really take a look at what you're producing and uh, try to do something that that feels easy and natural to you and put it up there and see what happens. Then do it two or three more times and see what happens. And I think those are the channels that uh, will start to see some growth. I do think uh, that although it's not going to happen for everyone, as my friend mentions here, uh, the fact is it is possible. Uh, I did it. I'm still doing it. I went from zero to 137,000 or whatever I have at the moment uh, because I just kept doing the same thing over and over again, but you know, adjusting course as I started looking at analytics and everything else. So I think if you do put in the time, you do develop a voice and style of your own, uh, that will generate traffic growth, but you got to put the time in to do it. This is not going to be something where, you know, one or two days a week after school, you're going to make a quick video. You're really going to have to think about how you want to put your video together, work within whatever technical limitations you are with the equipment that you have and kind of go from there. And for parents, uh, don't rush out and buy uh, a TriCaster and all this crazy production gear, because I think the best way to get started is really to start with the camera you have, your camcorder or your phone, see what you can do with that, see what kind of growth you get from that, and then determine the kind of equipment you need from uh, those limitations and how they're holding back your efficiency in production. And that's always the approach that I've taken with it, is that I don't buy anything new from a production standpoint until I can justify its expense by adding additional efficiency to my workflow. And that uh, has been working for me. So uh, stick with the phone. You can edit the video on the phone. In fact, there's some big YouTubers like Adam the Woo we looked at last week or the week before who does the travel thing. He does everything on his phone and then kind of grow from there and uh, don't try to do too much and develop your own style. Now, if you want me to take a look at your channel, I'll try my best to look at as many as I can. Uh, leave a comment down below in the comment thread or uh, shoot me a message on YouTube and I'm happy to take a look. But I really want you to focus on doing something different stylistically. And when you want me to take a look at your channel, talk about some of the things that you're doing differently that uh, you think help you stand out because I think those are the things that will lead to the growth that uh, you'll want to see as you build your own YouTube channel. Another piece of news caught my eye this week from Nintendo Life. As you all know, I'm a big fan of the NVIDIA Shield TV, and it looks like in China, Nintendo and NVIDIA are teaming up to have uh, Nintendo games released on the NVIDIA hardware, which is running Android, and it's probably going to be a pretty easy port to go from that back to the Nintendo Switch and other parts of the world. The reason why that Nintendo has to do this in China is that China is a very 
difficult market for video gaming. They, in fact, had a ban uh, that was, I think, only just recently lifted, but there's still a lot of oversight, and Nintendo's having a very hard time in that marketplace. So it looks like uh, NVIDIA is going to get them in a little faster. So this is just a continued uh, relationship here uh, between the two companies, and we'll see where this one goes, but definitely something to keep an eye on uh, as time develops. Now, I did want to talk briefly about the Nintendo Switch because I got it the the first week that I started the channel here full-time, so I figured I would give you an update as to my thoughts on it. And I've been playing with this thing more than I have with any game console in 10 years. I was doing a lot with my my Xbox uh, 360 when it came out 10 years ago, but uh, that kind of waned. And then, of course, I got busy with family and career and all that other stuff, so I haven't had as much time to play games as I would like. But uh, this has kind of gotten me back into playing some games again because it's so convenient. I can be present in my house with my family when everyone's doing their own thing. I can uh, take out my uh, Nintendo Switch and continue my adventures with Zelda. I love the Zelda game. I've been playing it uh, non stop for the last two or three weeks or so. Actually, probably the last month and a half since I've really gotten into it. So I've really been enjoying the Zelda game. Uh, Mario Kart's pretty great on it also. I've been playing a little bit of Wonder Boy, uh, the uh, Blaster Master, and I'm probably going to pick up the Poyo Tetris game also. And I've been uh, really quite fond of what they've done with this. And what's funny about the Switch is I liken it to where the iPad was when it came out in that when you looked at it and you heard a review of it or you saw somebody on YouTube holding it and talking about it, it didn't really make sense until I picked it up and actually started playing with it. And you can see my full review, which I'll link down below in the master playlist so you can get a sense as to what my first impressions were. And once you pick it up and you get to play with it and you can see just how nicely it transitions from a TV console to a handheld console, it suddenly makes a lot of sense. And I think they've really uh, captured probably what they wanted to do with the Wii U, but they were limited uh, by the technology that was available when they were developing developing the Wii U probably seven years ago. Uh, Now they can cram it into something like this, and this is just exceptionally well done, especially in homes where you're often fighting for control over the big television. Uh, Fight no more, because when the kid wants to play the game, they can just take the thing out of the base and go play somewhere with it, uh, and then come back to the TV when nobody else is using it. And I think that alone is probably a good enough thing for parents. What I would like to see, though, is some ability to back up my games on the cloud, because I've got a lot of time invested into the Zelda game right now, and I'm freaking out that something's going to happen to it. So I like cloud syncing that Xbox uh, One and and 360 have where it can go into their cloud and safely stores your save game data off-site. Unfortunately, right now, everything is on this console. And apparently, from what I gather, if something happens to this console, uh, you can't even transfer your save game files easily. So I'm really nervous about that. So hopefully that will be uh, one of the things that comes out of their uh, online service that they have yet to fully announce yet. Maybe during E3 we'll see that. So we'd like to see some changes there. And I would really like to see a lot of the Wii U games that I bought and never got around to playing because I didn't want to sit in front of the TV away from everybody. I'd really like to get into Pikmin and a few of the other games that I never really got into as much as I would like here uh, now on the Switch. So I'm almost done with the Zelda game. I've probably got another 10 or 15 hours to go on it, and uh, I am just loving it, and it's a uh, really uh, nice job by Nintendo here. I think they needed to do something to save the company, at least from the hardware standpoint, and I think this will get us there. Uh, What's very intriguing to me is that although the graphics are pretty much the last generation. It's the convenience of it and the quality of the titles. And uh, what remains to be seen is how well they'll do with the third-party stuff. So the first-party Nintendo stuff is always good. They're very good at working within their limitations of their graphics hardware. But uh, the third-party stuff is really the big question mark. However, I'm seeing a lot of really great indie titles like the Wonder Boy game and Shovel Knight and some other things popping up on this platform. And for indie developers, this is a tremendous opportunity because there'll be a lot more of these out there Uh, for younger gamers to pick up some of these games that they may not have seen on Steam or some other PC platforms. And I think there's a really good market for that. And that might be its differentiator, is really unique third-party games that 
make good use of the hardware. I think it's how the Mac has survived as long as it has as a platform, as a computing platform. A lot of unique uh, productivity apps that are really uh, Mac-ish in their uh, implementation, and I think that's what we're going to see on the Switch. From a hardware standpoint, the only thing I got beyond the console was the Pro Controller. I really like this very comfortable controller, a lot more comfortable than the Joy-Cons, both in this configuration and uh, in the handheld thing. So if you are getting a Switch, highly recommend getting the Pro Controller, and of course those uh, 8-bit dough controllers are also a good choice for some of those retro games too. And now it's time for our viewer Q&A this week, and Abhi739 wrote in saying, hey, I've got pretty good gaming skills, and I should review games on the channel too, and I wish I had more time in the day because I'd love to do uh, more games, but the reality is for me is that uh, starting off any kind of gaming effort here in 2017 on YouTube or any other channel is very, very difficult. It is a highly saturated niche uh, of content that has a lot of people generating a lot of content, and it's very, very difficult to stand out in that mix right now. Uh, and probably will be for the foreseeable future. It comes back to that thing I just talked about, about being different stylistically, maybe being different in the things, in the, in, you know, the hardware and the games that you cover. Uh, all of those things are considerations that you have to think about when you're starting off a gaming channel now because everybody's got one, and it's really, really hard to differentiate. So I've been playing games for a very long period of time. In fact, I was probably about two or three years old when my father got the Atari 2600, and it's been all downhill ever since then. I've had just about everything, the Coleco, the Nintendo, the Segas, uh, you name it. I love games. I'm not so great at the games, though, but I do love the games nonetheless. And uh, while I would love to do more video gaming content, the reality is my time is better spent doing the things that I know will get watched as opposed to uh, trying to start off in a very crowded niche. So the kind of gaming stuff you'll see are things like those uh, 8-bit dough controllers that I covered, a lot of unique gaming hardware that uh, piques my interest or perhaps has a lot of consumer interest. Those are the sorts of things I'll probably be looking at uh, in the gaming space moving forward, but I don't think I'll be able to get to gaming reviews anytime soon just because so many people do them and so many people will probably do them uh, better than I can do. I did try to do a game of the month thing a while ago. I was doing it as a separate video and it really didn't seem to catch the interest of my subscribers at the time. And uh, looking at the differences between me covering a PC on this channel versus me covering some piece of gaming hardware on the channel, the PC stuff always wins out. And this next question comes in from my good friend Brian Parker, who's been a Mac user like me for a long period of time, but he's beginning to feel like there is more value for the money in a Windows PC versus a Mac. And I would agree with that from a performance standpoint. There's clearly no question that the Windows PCs over the last five years or so have really closed the gap between uh, the quality that you'll get out of a MacBook device versus uh, something you'll get out of a premium Windows device. So they're all now made out of metal. Uh, they perform the same or better than the Mac does. I think the Mac is still doing better on battery life and uh, size and weight as well as thickness. You can see my MacBook Pro here is a lot thinner than the two current uh, premium laptops we've looked at here, the Lenovo Yoga 15 as well as the uh, Dell XPS 15. All of these have GPUs, but the Mac is a lot thinner and also has much better battery life. But performance-wise, they're in the same league, and I think the Lenovo is probably uh, faster than the Mac with its uh, GTX 1050 GPU. My prediction, though, is this, is that I think Apple is going to get away from using standard commoditized PC hardware. In other words, I think they're going to be developing, if not already developing, their own processor so they can control every aspect of the hardware and its operating system. And that's what they've been doing with the iOS devices, the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, these devices really are designed from Apple inside and out, uh, all the way down to the silicon on the processor. They have somebody else make the processors for them, but the design of those chips is made in-house at Apple. So they have complete control 
over everything. And I think that's why these phones have been successful in that they uh, tend to all work the same no matter which one you get. One of the disadvantages with Windows devices is that every hardware manufacturer implements them in different ways and they don't control the operating system. Apple, of course, does control its OS uh, on its MacBooks, but they don't control the chips that go into them. And I think that's the direction we might see Apple go because at this point, uh, there's really been a closure of the gap both in hardware quality as well as overall performance. There are some marginal differences, again, in fit and finish and uh, overall operating system preferences. Like, I just tend to, to gravitate towards the Apple OS just because it just seems to be, at least in my experience, a bit more reliable, but uh, Windows is even caught up in that area, too. So I think what Apple is going to need to do, and I think we'll probably be hearing this soon, is to do a pretty big change to how these computers operate. And my prediction is we're probably going to see something like this little MacBook uh, running with an Apple-designed ARM processor. And what they're going to do is tune these chips for the things that people are doing the most with their MacBooks. So it's not going to be a gaming PC, uh, but it's going to be something that is well-optimized for photo editing, for video editing, all the stuff that uh, people are doing on their Macs. I think they're going to implement in hardware on these low-cost, low-power-consuming chips. They're going to get great battery life and really, really good performance for the things that uh, most people do the most with their computers as a way of offering an alternative perhaps to the Chromebooks and others that have really uh, solved the uh, reliability and security issues that have long been Apple's advantages out there. So that's my prediction. I think we're going to see some big differentiation at, at, in the near, very near future because Apple is really held back by the commoditized nature of the components they put in their computers and they are never going to win the uh, price versus performance game at this point. So they might want to look at some other direction and the fact that they control the entire stack all the way down to the chips uh, and all the way up to the operating operating system, I think, really gives them an opportunity here that I expect them to take advantage of. And I'm really eager to see if they do it and how those Apple-powered chips will perform uh, versus a Windows counterpart doing those same tasks. And this next question comes in from Brandon Frazier. I guess he's off to college and looking for laptops, and he's wondering if he should go with a name brand device, like an Acer or something, or uh, look at an overseas device that costs a lot less from Voyo and others. And I uh, start off every one of my uh, overseas laptop reviews with my usual warning, which is buy at your own risk, because these companies, while they can really put out a lot of decent, low-cost hardware, uh, do so without having to spend a lot of money on customer service to support that hardware. So uh, if you are, uh, depending on your computer working for you, uh, I think it's often a better idea to spend a little bit more with a company that you know will support the uh, thing that you're buying. That's why sometimes those things cost more. In the case of our computers here, uh, each of these companies are selling uh, more expensive hardware than a Voyo might be, even though the Voyo might perform the same or better, uh, but you're getting support if something were to go wrong. And something as critical as a job or a college education, I think it's probably worth it to spend a little bit more to know that if something does happen, you're going to get the problem rectified very quickly as opposed to having a doorstop for your dorm room. And now it's time for a Q&A for you. I'm curious if you have ever switched from the Mac to the PC or perhaps to the Chrome OS or maybe to Linux. I'd love to hear your stories about uh, your switch of your daily driver. I switched to Mac about 10 years ago uh, when Apple announced the uh, adoption of Intel processors because I could run my Windows applications and my Mac applications in one unit. And that was a very compelling use case for me. And I've been with it ever since. But I'm very curious to hear what you're running and when you switched and why. So let me know down in the comments below.
So our channel of the week this week is an automotive one. I stumbled across this one maybe a week or two ago. This is called Hoovy's Garage. And one of the things that I love more than old retro tech is old cars. And uh, this guy has been buying up all these cars that he dreamed about as a kid. And now they're affordable because their value has declined. And he fixes them up and uh, plays around with them. Really cool stuff. I don't know where he keeps all these cars, but a very entertaining channel and definitely worth checking out. You can find it at lon.tv slash Hoovy. This is another sub 100,000 channel. Uh, so definitely get your subscriptions in if you are into cars. And I think you'll really like what he's doing on this channel. And he recently had a, a pretty compelling story about his Mercedes ML55 getting stolen. It was an AMG version too. And uh, they found it. What a nightmare, but he got it back. You can check out that whole uh, story there as well. Good stuff. Definitely worth a look. So this week, I got a bunch of stuff that I'm excited to share with you. On Friday, I should be getting in the Retron HD. This is an NES clone that allows you to play your old NES games with their cartridges, uh, but it outputs at 720p over an HDMI port, which a lot of these cheap NES clones don't do. So 40 bucks, not a bad deal, especially if you were looking at the analog NT Mini that we looked at, which is a lot more than $40. Uh, this might be a good consumer device. I don't think it's going to appeal to enthusiasts, but if you're looking to play your old NES games on your HD TV, uh, this will probably do it. You even get a controller in the box for that $40 price tag, but uh, there's no way to load games in via SD card. However, uh, the folks at Stone Age Gamer let us borrow one of their EverDrive N8s, which is one of the uh, flash cartridges that are out for the Nintendo. We'll see if that one works on it. I'm sure somebody else will already have tested that by the time I get to it, but I'm going to test it for myself so you can see. I'm also hoping to give you an overview of Freedom Pop, which is a uh, sort of free cell phone service. So if you're looking for a way to get a uh, quick secondary phone line, you can use this and uh, use a cell phone with it that's compatible. Any GSM phone or Sprint phone, I believe, will work with it. I'll talk more about it in the uh, week to come here and show you some of the pitfalls of it and how to avoid uh, falling into them. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I was hoping to get to it last week, but I ordered the wrong thing from them. So I got the right thing in and I'll talk about their customer service also, which uh, so far has been okay. Uh, We also took a look or will take a look at a Dell monitor. This is a USB type C monitor. So you have a single cable that you can plug into your MacBook, for example, get video power and data out that one cable. So all you have to do is bring your computer in, plug in the USB-C cable, and you're good to go. Problem with it is, right off the bat, is that it only delivers 45 watts of power. So if you have a little laptop, you're fine. But if you got one of these big ones down here, uh, you'll still need to hook up your power adapter to get everything that that computer needs. So not perfect, but it is 1440p, and it looks pretty cool. So we'll be taking a closer look at that later in the week. I also have the Xiaomi Mi Pad 3 uh, coming in from Gearbest. This is one of their nicely designed little Android tablets. I think it's about $200 or so. So we'll be looking at that and comparing it to the many other Android tablets we've looked at. I'm actually really eager to check this thing out because all the Xiaomi stuff is really cool and uh, not available here in the U.S. So we'll be checking it out and seeing how it does as a Android tablet. And then I'm going to have a really cool video about Plex a little later in the week. We do our monthly uh, look at different features. I'll have a really good one this week uh, coming up after the first. So be on the lookout for that Plex video. I should be uh, getting to that first thing once June rolls around. And if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv slash Patreon and make a monthly contribution to the channel. We also have my tip jar set up at lon.tv slash tip jar. And if you're outside the U.S., Venmo is another avenue for helping the channel. You can send a Venmo contribution to lon at lon.tv. And you also have the Plex option. So if you are looking to get a Plex pass or gift it to somebody, you can go to lon.tv slash Plex and do that. We've got a nice affiliate arrangement with them. So definitely check that out if you're into Plex. And if you want to engage with the channel, we have my extras channel at lon.tv slash extras. 
email at lon.tv slash email, Facebook at lon.tv slash Facebook, and the store where I resell the things that I buy here on the channel. After I review them, I take that item, box it up, and make it available to all of you at a pretty good price. I still have that Acer gaming laptop we looked at, the one that costs about 500 bucks. You can have it for less than that. It's all packed up and ready to go to a new home. Uh, so just go ahead and buy it. If you don't like the price, I'm open to negotiations. So feel free to uh, make an offer if you don't like the price that I have listed. I might take your offer. I might not. I might even counter offer. Who knows? So let me know if you want to buy something that I have reviewed. I am more than willing to part with everything whenever I can. Live streams are at lon.tv slash live streams as well. And that's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. This will be the first wrap-up that will also be available in audio form on my podcast feed. If you go to lon.tv slash podcast, you can find it on iTunes, but I'm on the Google one. I'm on just about every uh, podcast directory out there. So uh, these will start going up there probably on Tuesday mornings or thereabouts. So if you wanted to get this in audio form, now you can. So that'll do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Please keep your questions, comments, and support uh, coming this way. I really appreciate all of it. Sometimes it gets kind of lonely down here in the basement, so it's nice to know there are so many of you uh, watching what I do. That'll do it for this week. This is Lon Seidman, and thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by my Patreon supporters, including Gold Level supporters Mark Bollinger, Brian Miller, Mr. Morse, and Cody Falk. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash Patreon to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.